0: What's up everyone? MCI ADP Studios. Thank you so much for checking out today's podcast. Today I got a very special guest. It's actually our first time meeting today, um, but we've kind of been talking on social media. Social media is kind of a weird beast, you know, because you can make relationships with people and never meet them in real life, or sometimes you do, you know. So Garrett and I have actually been talking for a while. So um, I've really admired your work, seen a lot of the stuff you did, uh have done and then this episode of the podcast basically this is the first time we've ever had a tattoo artist on the show oh, so really? yeah That's so cool. you're, you're our first one and i like just talking to all kinds of creators and people right. that inspire me you know and your work your work ethic's awesome man so and your work on top of that you work at a beast of a shop right now which is the entity tattoo studio right it's That's right where, yeah on apple yep right yeah. on apple avenue so we'll get into all that So. For people that don't really know you or kind of new, why don't you just give us a little backstory about you and kind of how you got started in, you know, getting involved in art and tattooing and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So I was always uh, drawing ever since I was little, like uh, probably five or six. I recently started talking to my parents again for a long time, and they are sending me drawings I did when I was, I think, like 10, 11, 12. Uh, And at the time, it's always funny because you – as an artist, I'm sure you're the same, you're Like very self-critical about, you know, uh, oh, it's not good, it's not good, mm-hmm. it's not good. Yeah. And so they would keep these things over the years that I was like, you know, why are they keeping that? It's, you know, I'm not happy with it or whatever. And then when you look back and you're like, oh, okay, like now that I have a kid who's, my son's about to be 14 and he doesn't draw like I do, he does music, which is... Oh, okay. So, I was talking to you about it yeah, before yeah. actually, yeah, but... Sure. um. So, uh, looking back now, I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of see why they thought, hey, he should pursue this, he should pursue this, because at that age, it was, like, very good for somebody that age, you know, without any formal training or anything like that. So, um, I was always drawn like that, and then I kind of tried to make some money from it in, like, high school time, but doing portraits of charcoal portraits or things for people it was uh the money that you make from it versus how long it takes to do is just not sustainable in a full-time kind of way yep so uh for i would go sometimes a couple years without drawing end up joining the navy was in the navy for six years um and then i got out and still was just doing sort of odd jobs and whatnot but um at the time i was actually driving a taxi And I got a tattoo from the shop in Savannah where I was living in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, after the tattoo, I just happened to like, I was like, well, I'll just ask, you know, like, what's the apprenticeship thing? Like, do you guys do that or whatever? And so it happened to be that the guy and his wife had been talking about doing uh, an apprenticeship uh, program or something like that. So that's how I got into it. Um, And then just fell in love with it immediately but struggled with it still, like struggled with being able to draw a certain way, but not being able to tattoo like that. Mm. Like and and, you know watching somebody else do it and then feel like you're doing exactly what they're doing, but it's not looking right. It's not coming out the same. So um there was times probably over the first like five or six years of my career that I like considered not tattooing full-time or Mm -hmm. getting out of it doing something more traditional um i went and got like a computer networking certification and like tried to get a job with that but having a handful of tattoos didn't really (laughs) help out uh with the interview process but um and then just sticking with it long enough things kind of clicked and i started really understanding things a lot more and uh and then it really just kind of took off from there and now it's like I could see myself doing other things as far as, like, just as, for, as a, from an interest standpoint. But yeah. uh, as far as, like, how I make the majority of my money or how I support my family and stuff, it's, like, I, I can't really see myself doing anything else yeah. unless it was, like, a, a passive income investment type right. of thing yeah. or whatever. But as yeah. far as, like, going and putting my time in and exchanging it for X amount of money, like, tattooing is for sure like all i'd really want
0: to do yeah that that's super cool i like how you said you stuck with it long enough to actually kind of get it and i think that's where a lot of people stop because yeah me being a producer or an artist as well that's always one of those things in the back of your mind you know trying to make a money uh, trying to make a living off your passion you know right. sometimes it gets tough and then sometimes it flows together perfectly and then sometimes it keeps a steady income so that's awesome that you're able to do that you know off your art
1: yeah and it, it, it's very like like, we have an apprentice at the shop mm-hmm. now that Josh is apprenticing, and, like, I mean, he's on his 17th tattoo or something, but, you know, you, I see him struggle with, like, that thing where it clicks of, like, am I going to be able to do this, you know? And it's, like, I tell him, it's, like, man, I felt like that in, like, year five and six of my career. So, obviously, early on as well, but, like, I mean, there's times where I would, like, call, some, call my wife or call the person I was working with or whatever, I'd be crying. I'd literally be like, I can't figure this out, man. I don't know. Like, I keep doing this and it's just not working. And, you know, you just sometimes you have to take a step back and kind of, like, change your approach or ask yourself, like, why? Like, are you doing X, Y, Z just because that's the only way you saw to do it or because that's the best way? And just kind of, like, deconstruct everything and go back to basics and, just build it back up but it's hard to like for years it was like I felt like I was almost there mm-hmm. and so it just it almost makes you want to like oh if I just try a little harder like I'll, I'll I'll bridge that gap I'll bridge that gap but really the thing that was holding me back from here is like some knowledge way back here that I misunderstood or learned in a, in a, a way that wasn't the best for me to learn it so um, but once everything finally clicks I mean it's like man I wouldn't change it for anything
0: Do you think that's um, a little more pressure on you too just because you are like actually tattooing somebody's skin, you know, so it's like a real permanent thing like, oh, fuck, man, you tattooed me today. And, you know, and and they might also be, you know, sometimes it's crazy because it's also subjective. For you, it might just be a little shadow or a little detail. Mm -hmm. You're like, what the fuck, you know, and then for (laughs) somebody else, you're like, oh, that's the fucking sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, it's kind of like as an artist, you torture yourself, like you said, you know. Yeah.
1: That's the funny thing is it's like when you're really learning, learning, like when you're still very new, like you'll do tattoos that, you know, they didn't come out like they should have, like, and the client does, you know, they're like, Hey, mm. can we can we touch this up? Yeah. Can we, whatever. But the more you push yourself and the, the better you get, it's now it's to the point where like, I'll do a tattoo and like, there'll be probably two or three things that I'm like, I'm not happy with about it. But they're so minute that at this point, anything that, like, I'm not happy with is still way above the threshold of, like, everyone else's expectations. Right. So it's like, yeah. you know, I'll my wife will be going through my phone and say, like, oh, you didn't post this tattoo, you know, whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't like that little... She's like, get out of here, you right. know, like, yeah. post it, man. Like, people need to see that. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: It is... Uh, that is the torture <laughs> of being an artist. I yeah. I, I feel that, too. But sometimes I'm just like fuck it, post it. That's why I try to crank out a beat a day because it makes me make decisions, yeah. Instead of like fucking just pondering pondering on something right. for a while, you know. So, um, tell me a little bit about. Uh, I, I know you said you showed some progression as a child through drawings, and then you got into it a little bit. And then you started tattooing because they did the apprenticeship, so you started there as an apprentice. And then, how many years were you tattooing before you kind of felt like the breakthrough happened? Man, really, like, to be honest,
1: in a lot of ways, I feel like the breakthrough didn't really happen until I moved to Michigan, like, until 2019. Like, I had been tattooing since 2010, 2011, something okay. like that. Okay, And it's just, you probably can, like, speak on this as well, but it has so much to do with, like, who you're around. Like, mm. the quality of people you're around, the level of how much they want to push themselves or not or just the drive so um you know towards the end of my time in Georgia I you know I felt like I was doing good like I I was always had that self-critical part of an artist but I felt like you know that I was tattooing about how I expected to be and all that um and then when I moved here maybe like I remember when it was it was september i moved here in uh, october 2019 but sometime during 2020 one of the artists that i follow over in france his name's uh, thomas carlier just crazy black and gray realism guy i had been like thinking about doing an in person seminar but that involves flying over to france mm. it's like a 3 day thing uh it's like 2500 just for the seminar not to mention the airfare and it's gonna be like a five thousand dollar thing. So, one of the biggest like silver linings out of COVID was that he decided to do a seminar online, like okay. virtually, okay. and it costs like five hundred dollars. I was like, bet, like no problem at all. Wired the money over, and then he basically the seminar involves him a bunch of videos separately filmed, almost like this, where he talks about his approach and like how he why he uses what needles and why he uses this and how he composes his pieces and all that. And then there's a full length eight hour. You just watch every second of him tattooing. And that was probably the biggest thing in my progression was, uh, there's a bunch of technical stuff about tattooing involved in it, but basically he tattoos with the machine very slow. And so most tattoo artists that I've worked with or and even still work with They'll run it around 8, 9 volts, 10 volts, and he runs his on 5. And what that translates to is just the needle going in and out is a lot slower and more deliberate. And so you can almost see every time the needle's hitting the skin and exactly what marks it's making. Mm. Whereas when it's running fast, if you're not really understanding everything that's happening, it's easy to like do what you think you're supposed to do and then you wipe it and it doesn't look... You're like, man, what's going on, you know? Right. But when you slow it down, you can actually see exactly what's going on. And uh, so probably within a few weeks of that seminar, I started noticing like huge differences in my tattoos of like, as far as like the the standard I held myself to and coming close to like reaching that. Uh, And so that was uh, probably the biggest thing in my progression was that. And then... Just working with like Josh Tardani uh, owns entity, uh, Lauren Young. Yeah, I mean, like easily the two best tattoo artists I've they're, ever worked with. They're beasts, man. So really good there. Coming from uh, Georgia, like even 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 though, well, I don't want to say anything bad, but every shop I worked at before was very much like the owners. The owner of the shop itself didn't even care too much about tattooing mm. it was more like a just trying to get that money special. yeah exactly yeah. and then um the last shop i worked at which is considered like if you if you were to go to savannah georgia and just ask 100 people on the street they would say black orchid is like the shop to go to and that's where i was working at very well-known shop they win shop of the year and connect savannah whatever magazine every year but it's uh it was very much ran like a business business. It didn't. It was very micromanaging. So just the environment wasn't real conducive to being motivated in that way. Yeah. And then all the artists that worked there at the time, it just there was just more this vibe of like we're here to do a job. But hey, what are we doing after we close? Oh, like, what right. bar are we going yeah, to? So more of a nine to five. Yeah, in. yeah. And they would always they would always go out to to the bars, to the whatever live music's going on, which is cool. But I was the only one that just went straight home. And, you know, I just really didn't care about all that stuff. And yeah. I'm going home trying to figure out how to tattoo better. And they're, you know, half the time feel like they don't even want a tattoo. So yeah. um, when I came here, just working with Josh and Lauren uh, is like, they're the best. They're they're just tangibly better than any artist I worked with. And also, just better people, like, yeah. Like, Josh is a great dude, he gave you the shirt off his back. Lauren's like super humble. Like, yep. I'm always trying to gas her up just because yeah. <laughs> she's so, like, oh no, it's you know, and yeah. I'm like, no, seriously, like, you're amazing, like, yeah. you need to embrace that. And, like, you know, I know she's not on the same length of you know, wanting to be known like a lot of us are, but uh, like, she's right up there, skills wise. So, just being around better people and uh, better environment, and just the town here. Like, honestly, I feel like Muskegon, you know, uh, in the surrounding area, like West Michigan, pretty much, yeah. is a lot more like appreciative of like high level tattooing okay. rather than. Okay, Savannah was still a very big, and I was there for ten years. My whole tattoo career was Savannah before I came here, and Savannah is still very. Big in like the, like the old school tattooing. Like oh, okay. Walk in, pick something off the wall. Oh, flash. Kind of, yeah, exactly. And yeah. and and there's almost like an anti-realism sentiment, mm. like among the shops around there. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know where it comes from, but it just it always felt like, which was cool for me because I would get all the business that people who wanted realism. But yeah. in a way, it kind of gets lonely just being the only one who cares about I'm the only one who's like hey look at this look at this look at this right. and then people are like Nah, whatever like what are we ordering from Uber Eats you right. know? like yeah. I don't care about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know so
0: well I think you said two really important things in there that I can also uh, relate to and I believe people can relate to you know we kind of talked about how there was times when you thought you were going to quit but you stuck with it and you constantly got better and constantly grinded it out So I think that's really important because a lot of people like get to that point, you know, and you also said you uh, were doing it for a long time. So that's important, too, because a lot of people want this instant gratification of like making their dreams come true Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't happen in six to eight months they're like oh this shit don't work or i'm not good enough or whatever and you saying you tattooed since basically 2010 you know same thing with the production thing for me i've made beats for a long time but i've only been taking it really serious since like 2017 like as far as like trying to get better you know and then i myself like you sought out the knowledge and the information to try to not only get better but to be able to market myself correctly and all those kind of things so you buying that course i think is a a lesson people should take away from hey man you got to invest in your craft sometimes even if it's uh learning you know that that's besides buying probably all your gear your tattoo Mm -hmm. machines and you know all those kind of things and the same same thing when it goes with music, you know investing in yourself and your career, learning how to do it, getting lessons, those kind of things those are all important steps, you know, so. yeah,
1: putting money into you know not just the 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 parts you have to put money into but also the educational parts, and like sometimes I feel like when I know when I look at a lot of artists, not just tattoo but other just do edu- everything the one of the things I notice is like it's easy for an artist sometimes to have that mindset like i know everything or Mm. i don't need to like why am i gonna pay somebody i'm already you know at the time you know i was making better money than i ever had and it's easy to convince yourself like well, you know people are paying people are showing up people are but you just have higher goals for yourself and it's like you have to be humble and say you know as much as people tell me all the time like whether it's social media comments or in person when I see them, or they're like, oh, I love your work, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm the first person to whip out my phone and say, look at these 10 guys I follow overseas that, like, yeah. that I honestly don't even want to show you because right. <laughs> now you're going to be like, can I get that yeah. deposit back? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. But you, yeah, you have to be humble and, like, like you have to, it's like a balance between, because my wife will tell me this, like, she'll see me be hard on myself and so it's like a a balance between like patting yourself on the back in a way of like okay I've come this far that's cool but never getting to where it's like oh I'm good I don't I don't have to learn anything else I'm I'm just, uh, I can just coast now and just be
0: complacent. Complacency is a killer for sure, man. Yeah. So, yeah, that never, that's, you know, one thing that I I didn't really know about you. I just seen your work and thought it was awesome. But just to hear that, that's even more inspiring for me just to know that that is really the path. You know, a lot of people Mm -hmm. think it's a shortcut and it's really not. It's a lot of, a lot of investment of time, a lot of investment of energy, a lot of hitting those walls saying, oh man, I don't fucking know about this, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... It's so frustrating. Yeah. It can be. It can be. And then, and there's also like,
1: I only, I can only speak to the tattoo part of it, but with the complacency thing, I've seen artists where you see them here, and then a couple years later, you're like, oh, and then you don't follow them for a while or something. Happened. And then three years later, you come across their page again, and it's like they took a step back. Oh, like, it's like yeah. I don't understand how you could how that happens. But the only thing I can think of is like. The complacency or yeah. like the i 'm not preparing as much for my appointments, yeah. or I'm so caught up in being sponsored or being whatever that like
0: I lost sight of the part that like got me where i 'm at, yeah. or something like that, so yeah. yeah, that makes sense. um Tell me a little bit about your process, so you you draw everything by hand you I know you and I had talked before on messenger, but I'm just kind of laying this out there so people can understand um <clears throat> you said you used to draw but now you say you do most of your stuff just kind of uh, piece together in photoshop because photoshop. Yeah, exactly that kind of helps with the realism aspect of it and piecing things together yeah, exactly um so how does that correlate uh what does your process look like then
1: so basically like um it's changed over the years but where i'm at now what works best with realism is uh taking at least one photo but usually a few photos if I'm composing like a larger scale sleeve or something like that. And, um, you, I basically, the, the bulk of the work I would say is in like, uh, like image research, like finding there's not just Google, there's a, there's a Russian Google. It's called Yandex. If you ever go on Yandex.com, it's just like Google, but they have a lot better photos typically, which is weird, but Um, so it's a lot of photo research and then, uh, like an ideal, like an average appointment would be somebody reaches out to me, says, I want to get a sleeve, gives me the basic ideas. If something's way too specific, I tend to kind of stay away because it's the more specific they are in their, Well, I want it to be here and I want this to be here and I want that to be there. It kind of takes the freedom out of it for me like the enjoyment yeah that makes sense and so uh and i just feel like it just doesn't come out as good like that's part partially it's a it's a me thing but it's also like hey you know you're going to be walking around with my work on you and if i feel like trying to fit into your constraints is sacrificing the overall quality then i typically just won't take that appointment on or whatever but the ones that do go through is hey, I want a sleeve, I want this, I want that. I get some pictures of that body part, and then I upload that in Photoshop. And then whatever the subject matter is, I just go through and find as many images as I think could work for what I'm doing. And then I'll literally just mock it up on their arm in Photoshop. um, And then just play with the lighting, play with everything to, to make two images that were completely not from each other. Work together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'll send that to them, you know, get some feedback, see what they think, uh, typically like a week before. And then, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, they're like, I love it. But sometimes there'll be a few things that have to change. But overall, you know, by the time we get to the appointment, they know what it looks like. They know right. kind of what we're going for and all that. Um, but I very rarely... <laughs> it's funny because... As much as I can draw, like people think I can draw, which I can in a sense, but I, I can replicate. So mm. uh, when you see tattoos I've done or pictures that I draw of whoever, celebrity, uh, musician, whatever, right. it's it's purely replicating. So oh, it's okay. not, I can't draw out of my head. It's one of my biggest, like, I would say downsides or things that, I don't even necessarily have a downside, but it's one thing I respect about people who can, Mm. who can like just think in their head. I want to draw a dragon with a thing coming out of its head and he's holding a orb or something and it's glowing and they just sketch that out and refine it. Um, I've just, ever since I was little, everything was replicating. So my first five or six years old with a sketchbook and a pencil, it was like, draw this water bottle, draw that microphone, like as it sits right there, like, like still life realism stuff. Yeah. And then um, I really didn't even take an art class until like high school. and But by then I was so ingrained in like the parameters of realism that even when I would try, like if I sat down right now and tried to draw like a, a an exaggerated, like a Hulk or something where the anatomy is like just way exaggerated, no matter how hard I try, it will always end up being more on the side of like real anatomy than because it's it's like I can't even wrap my head around it. Okay, yeah. So, um, but then you know, there's artists like Lauren who she basically draws every appointment. Like, she'll come in early and you know she'll know basically what she's going for, but she's got the little red pencil and she's kind of sketching and you know tracing some elements and drawing some in and all that. It's it's much more of a. Like a pure creative process, I would say, whereas mine is a lot of photo manipulation, and and then by the time we get to the tattoo, it's just replicate this as as best as you can, you know, like as realistic yeah. as possible. So,
0: yeah. well, I guess you got to specialize in something, and you got to know who you know, like who's coming to your appointments too. You know? Exactly, you know right. Who you're who you're shooting to get, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Bobby too. Told him we oh shout yeah, him yeah, out. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but I think you say his last name Carmine. Carmine, I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't yeah, even ask him, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Bobby Carmine. We I've known him for a while, and uh, he's a real good dude. But he had messaged me right before this, before you came over, and was said that you did a killer uh, tattoo today. Yeah. So hell yeah for the grind. Yeah, he was a, He's a he's a grinder too, man. We talked for
1: probably like half the appointment just about like that mindset and how it's like, you know, I was telling him, you know, it's. So I'm only 35, but I don't want to make plans for everything's going to be like this for the next 20 years. Like, I'll make this much money. I'll do this. Like, nothing's going to change. Five years from now, if I was to, something happens in my hand or, you know, some debilitating thing where I couldn't do this anymore. Like, I'm, I don't know what I would do. You know, like, I'm not, I would be working at a factory somewhere or something. So it's like not having that thing to fall back on in a way it kind of drives you but then it's also like like i want to buy a house and just pay it off in five years right. like i don't want to get myself in a financial situation where if something were to happen to be tattoo wise and i couldn't do this i'd be like fucked you know yeah. like it, would, it yep, would be more exactly. like uh so but yeah the, the grind he, he's the same way like yeah. and that's how we end up talking about you and i told him was coming on the podcast but um his wife was there yeah his wife was there and she was like she sounds just like my wife from like, oh he never takes a day off. Yeah. <laughs> and like uh he's um you know, he just works so much and 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 all that and it just it started us talking about like and we have those same conversations at my house. So yeah. But yeah, he's definitely
0: a grinder man. It's yeah. Good cool dude. Cool dude for sure. Mm-hmm. So um we went through your process a little bit. Uh, you got any standout clients? Some, uh, even some that kind of like some pieces that maybe you put together that you you just really really. Um, them were like your favorite ones, or do each one is a progression and get better? Or do you kind of like them all, or yeah, you know, like, is there, uh, or is that more specific to like say you created something and then the client. Wanted a few changes And then all of a sudden It came out amazing And you're like Oh that came out way better Yeah exactly
1: exactly. So that's one of the things That I One of the pitfalls I find myself Falling in sometimes Is Like I have certain parameters of like What I will and won't Tattoo as far as Not from like a Moral standpoint But just like Visually You know like There's just certain things That work and certain things That don't And When you're the artist Who has like All the experience And all that it's very easy to look at a client's idea or something and go like, you know, I send it to him and they just say, oh, I love everything. Is there a way we could change this little part or whatever? And sometimes mentally I'll go, ah, I'll check it out, but there's no way that's going like right. to look yeah. good or whatever. Yeah. And then when I get in there and I like can do it, I'm like, oh, wow, it's actually, I actually yeah. like it better than, right. yeah. you know, so there's that initial thing of like, it's hard not to take that mm-hmm. as like a hey, I don't like this part of the design. And and artists generally are sort of like thin-skinned when it comes to like somebody critiquing their work that isn't an artist themselves. But at the same time, like some of my favorite pieces have been where, you know, something that I didn't think would be a good idea, but to do due diligence, I, you know, I, I ran through my process and was like, by the end when we actually did the tattoo, I was like, man, I'm really glad that I didn't just Stonewall and go Right Well that's not gonna work I'm not yeah. doing that You know so yeah. But um As far as Uh Yeah like All the clients I tattoo now Are really awesome I've Sometimes you get a feel for people And when you have Like when you have a More demand For tattoos Than you could really Even get to Like if I I can't tattoo everybody That messages me So Immediately that puts you In this place of sort of handpicking like okay cool that sounds like a good idea and you seem like a decent person Like, that's the other part of it is like sometimes you can tell through people's how they talk and their messages and their emails that it's like i can tell they're going to be difficult to work with so even if it's a cool idea it's also i'm at that point where it's like i care also is this a person that i want to spend you know even in one session seven hours with you know and and a lot of the things now are even bigger than that it's multiple sessions. So, you know, when I'm agreeing to do a sleeve, it's not just, I agree to do these four sessions for this much money to put this image on your arm. It's also like, do I want to spend 35 hours with this person over the next Next few months or whatever? So, um, so yeah, because of that, I tend to really vibe pretty well with all my clients. Um, And probably the first piece uh the first piece that I did that was like uh and I talked to this with my son too cuz he remembers it but um I did the this pennywise piece on uh this guy Robert Housley he's a Oh yeah. car car salesman yeah. guy around here cool yeah. dude. Um I did that piece on his like outer leg and at that time it was like probably the best tattoo I'd ever done and but then it comes in the frustration because you go you see that you can do that, but you're still in that final phase of, like, really figuring things out. So the few tattoos that I did after that that could have been, like, in that same type of style just weren't quite as, like, crisp, weren't yeah. quite as sharp. I mean, again, it's one of those things where nobody else cares. Like, right. nobody else knows yeah. but me. Your expectations, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um But it's one of those things where you're like, oh, and then, wait a second, like okay, or, oh, and then another one, and then eventually you start figuring out what the difference is, and then it can just be all consistent yeah. after that. And uh, so, but yeah, he, that was probably one of the first pieces that was very, like, eye-opening of, like, man, I'm glad I moved here between between working with Josh and Lauren, between the seminar, just starting to, like, understand things better and really start to be able to tattoo the way that I can draw was, like, The final piece of... And it takes a huge thing off your mind, too. Yeah. Like, when you're trying to learn something, you're trying to figure something out, it's easy to, you know, prior to making those strides, you know, I would tattoo all day and then I'd go home and watch tattoo videos and, like, how are they doing that? What are they doing? How are they, like... And I'd change a lot about what needles I'm using, what machines I'm using, how I'm approaching it. You know, changing a lot of things in that drive to, like, unlock the secret, so to speak. Um, and, but now that I understand everything, it's easy to, it's easier to do my tattoo, go home. And then like, it's always kind of, I'm always kind of thinking about tattooing uh, yeah, overall, yeah. but like, sure. it's not the stressful, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about what's going on right now. Cause I still got to figure this out, Yeah, you know, Just trying to get over the hump. Exactly. Thing, right, right.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I could see where that would be, uh, you know, that's for me, too. I've heard a saying before that not all money's good money. You know what I mean? So that's the same thing with, like, uh, that's a major reason why I stopped recording almost a lot of people because it's, like, just people, like, if you just start recording people for money or doing things just for money, that could be a terrible time or a bad, mm-hmm. you know, bad experience. And it's just not fun for anybody. I like how you said uh, you. it's almost like you're... The way I'm seeing it, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of like it when, when you have the artistic control because you're an artist, you're okay with a little bit of feedback, mm-hmm. but then it kind of makes it a collaborative effort, Like, but you're kind of the driving first because you are the artist, you know, nine times out of ten. You know, you're not right. going to be... T- I mean, you probably have and will, but I mean it's not like you tattoo a lot of tattoo artists every day because they have no, so many options. Exactly, you know right? what I mean yeah. so it's same thing with you know somebody that doesn't make music or something like that, so exactly um speaking of music uh i know I know you're a f you're a big fan of music because 'cause you've talked to me a lot about music and yeah. you know that kind of stuff, so yeah. uh, where did that stem from, just from being an artist and just really liking music and
1: Um, Uh, i
0: mean it's kind of hard not to like music but yeah i I was you know
1: i think the i'm always drawn to i listened to like a lot of different pretty much growing up i listened to most things other than country i just never was exposed to it very much and you know some songs here and there but i think mostly growing up i listened to a lot of rap and for me it was like even though a lot of it isn't talking about anything of substance for the for a lot of it just the just the the lyrical part the poet the poetic part even if there's not a a deeper meaning just the the ability to put words in a certain way and and they just make you go like oh shit like is that he said that and then okay okay so um i was always drawn to that and then obviously like you know everybody i don't know everybody but you're in high school and you're on the bus, you're freestyling with your buddies or on a trip to the football game or whatever. And you're, somebody brings a blank CD with a, you know, a bunch of beats on the instrumentals and people, everybody thinks they're, you know, goody mob or whatever. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. so I was always kind of drawn to that. Um, and then, uh, I actually was, so I listened to a ton of like J Cole. I listened to oh, yeah. a ton of like Lil oh. Wayne. Um, I like the weekend, I like some R&B stuff, but I just think it was always drawn to the 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 artistic part of playing with words, like Eminem yeah. at his yeah. in his prime, like yeah. just the the be able to, being able to bend words or end this sentence without finishing that word because the first half of that sentence will rhyme with the word I'm going to end this bar with. Yeah. And just that like creative part of it was always like and, and my son picked it up too as far as being drawn to it, cause he, like I, I memorized lyrics, like my favorite song, not just my favorite songs. Like I, there's probably 50 or 60 little Wayne songs that I could say like every line to. Oh yeah. The same thing with J Cole probably. Yeah. Um, and my son, when he was younger, when we figured out he was getting into music, uh, he would have these headphones, like what am I in right now? In the car. And we'd play, he'd have music on an iPad or something. We'd be driving and, we would hear him he was maybe 4 or something and he would know like every word to like this michael jackson song or yeah. this whatever and we started realizing like that's when he was drawn to it and he's super i post videos sometimes of his piano but he's super musically inclined and which makes me happy because that's where for a while i wondered like my dad could draw he never pursued it like i did yeah but i've seen enough to know that he could have been me if he tried as far as like, I don't know about tattooing, but just, you know, understanding realism and shading and stuff like that. So, um, but for years I, I wouldn't say pushed, but I was like, Hey Cam, here's some drawing stuff or I'm drawing for this. You want to draw? You want to just never interested in it. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to push it. But eventually we found out that it kind of rooted in him with the music. So he, like, he'll sit there and play piano for hours in his room um, and picks it up, like, so fast. And nice. the more he sticks with it, the faster he picks it yeah, up. Yeah. And and I make a huge, like, <clears throat> effort on my part to verbalize, like, how I feel about that with him. Like, because even though my parents were supportive of my drawing, uh, okay. I never felt like they were, like... Very clear about like, hey, look, you're a lot different than most ten year olds. Like, you should really stick with this. You should really stick with this. So, mm-hmm. so my son, like, I tell him, me and my wife both, like, you know, you should really stick with this. Yeah. Like, you should, you, you really have a talent, and it's easy for him to kind of, well, I don't know, you know, like, you just my, you're my parents. That's why right. you're saying it, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And, but I tell him like I show people. All the time at 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 work, uh, my clients on breaks, I'll show them a clip of him playing piano, and they're like, "My God, like yeah. that is incredible!" For how old is he? Like, if I played it and they didn't see it, you know, they would just think it was like an adult playing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. So I make that's an effort totally to cool. like not push him, but be like, make him aware that like you really do have a, a talent. For right?
0: This. Yeah, that's awesome. That must be real cool having a dad that's. Into those kind of things and and being an artist to be able to encourage you like that because no one's going to know any better than an artist himself of what kind of struggle and the dedication you have to commit to that instrument or to that craft or whatever it is, you know, that 10,000 hours to make it good. Because
1: there's, even though we're in different mediums, like the underlying, there's a lot of underlying things that are the same. And it's like frustration with yourself when things aren't going well or when you're not nailing something or just watching him go through those things that I've gone through with drawing and tattooing and being able to see it happen in real time and go, okay, like I've been through this and I yeah. can give him an, an anecdote about like, you know, how this and this happened to me and I didn't draw for two years. And, um, like of, from probably like from high school to when I started tattooing, There was like gaps of a couple years on multiple occasions where I didn't do anything artistic, like I didn't draw. Mm -hmm. And when I first got with my wife, she saw some of my sketchbooks, and she was talking to me the way that I talked to my son, where she she was like, "What are you doing?" Like I was in the Navy at the time, doing nuclear engineering, garbage, and uh, just nothing. I was enjoying, and but she saw that I had this talent, and you know she would like hey let's get a let's go get a a booth at the local vendor thing and you could sell your art or you could do commissions or you could do things you know yeah. and i was always i don't know if it was out of self doubt or just like felt like i didn't have a passion for it at the time but i always kind of like yeah yeah you know like it's not that good it's not whatever yeah. and right you know she didn't want to be too pushy but to be honest like i would have gotten a lot further Earlier in my career, I think if I had never stepped away from it that many times or whatever,
0: yeah, I think uh, I think it's all everybody's journey is different. It's all part of the process, you know. It's yeah. like I'm a little bit older too, and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have known this or did this when I was this age. But like, I try not to beat myself up too much about that either, because right. you know, like I said, everybody's journey is different. So it, it you'll you'll get to where you want to get to. You'll figure it out eventually, you know. Like you exactly, could, so. and
1: and for every there's an example for everything that's on the other side of it you know like there's a a guy in detroit bob tyrell he's a tattoo artist that's when i was first getting into tattooing he was one of the guys i looked up to the most i've since found people that are just on another level in the world but he didn't start until he was 37 yeah he did a i don't know what he did but he started tattooing at 37 and within 10 years he was like sponsored traveling the world doing portraits like he was he's a black and gray portrait guy okay and uh and so he that's his whole identity now like in the tattoo industry if you say go to any convention say bob tyrell everybody knows who that is yeah and he didn't pick up a machine until he was two years older than i am right now so that's that's awesome. kind of give yourself some yeah. like okay you yeah.
0: know life is long if if you let it be you know um so this this is kind of part of the podcast where <clears throat> it's kind of cool because what you say can translate to all mediums. You know that's why I have pretty much mostly creators on here. But what advice would you give to somebody coming up uh, trying to tattoo? You know, well it's like one of the biggest gems, or maybe a couple gems, and it don't even have to necessarily be tattoo, but like an artist trying to get into their craft. You know, what what are some foundational steps or some gems that you you could say? You know on their journey based on my experience now
1: like my advice would have changed over the years but like where I'm at now uh, I would be to all artists like not just tattooing it would just be find whoever does what you do uh, whoever you can find the best person at that that you can reasonably get access to in your city your region or whatever and just try to reach out and start a dialogue with them See if you can, like, even if it's just like, hey, I'll, I'll drive to wherever you are and take you out to lunch and I'll pay for it. I just want to pick your brain. I just want to ask you questions or whatever. I'm not trying to, like, you know, bother you or nothing like that. But, um, yeah, that that's probably the biggest thing is just learning from people who are where you want to be, you know, yeah. like you can all you want. You can think I want to be here. But if you're only ever in. 10 by 10 room with yourself you know the the likelihood of that thing sparking or that that aha moment or that light bulb happening is way less than you know just watching that seminar some of the things he explained fit like it fixed things immediately that I had struggled with for like years and it was almost just watching the video and then the next tattoo I did it was like holy shit like I had no idea that was causing that much of a problem in my process or mm-hmm. whatever. And if I'd have just known that one thing three years ago, I would have been much further ahead. Right. So yeah, um, that's what probably my biggest advice is just reach out and find people that do what you're trying to do on the level you're trying to do it. Even if you have to pay, even if you have to, yep. you know... Schedule time around your life to go do that or whatever like even if it's not convenient because it I mean it really does make all the difference Um, Like if I was going to do anything again to try to further my career It would purely be Seminars with artists that are doing things that I don't know how they're doing them, you know, it doesn't do me any good to sit around and watch somebody tattoo a cross and wings that uh, You know, I already know how to do that. So Or just sitting in my own little world and listening to everyone tell me how great I am or how great this tattoo is or whatever. It's it's not going to make my tattoos.
0: We were talking about the the, uh, advice to aspiring artists. And you were basically just saying like one of the key things that Tony Robbins says and a lot of uh, people that are very successful, you know, reach out to somebody that is 10 steps ahead of you or if you can't reach a person that's 10 steps, get to the person that's five steps ahead, you know be able to seek out that information um backtracking a little bit so how did you you, you came from georgia how did you get the job at entity then like how did that um, all just work through out
1: for you? social media like messaging um honestly it's funny because josh doesn't remember so the, it all happened from i've been thinking about leaving georgia period just because of the hurricanes and the south like we i've always been in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, pretty much my whole life. And um, I just felt like I wasn't growing as an artist. I kind of was feeling like I needed to be around better artists and just also time for a change. And uh, one of the big things in the South is the hurricanes. So pretty much every year around September, October, there's going to be like a week where you have to evacuate. Okay. And we had evacuated from Savannah to Atlanta. And the hurricane ended up not hitting. But the way that the shop I was working at handled me being gone, they when the hurricane didn't hit, they were like, okay, come back. And I was like, well, I already paid for this whole week, and I'm not – I mean, I'm going to stay here this whole week, and then I'll be back and then go from there. Right. And just the way they handled it was very like micromanagey, and it just caused problems. So that's when I really – while we were in Atlanta, I reached out to places that had uh, – all over, like Los Angeles, uh, somewhere in California, San Santa Barbara, I think. Okay. Santa Barbara, uh, Pennsylvania, like Texas, Ohio. There's a bunch of places that uh, I reached out to that I saw, hey, I just want to make a change. I want to yeah. get out of the South. I want to okay. tattoo somewhere. Yeah. And the entity was one of them. Josh honestly doesn't even remember making that post. <laughs> like, oh, really? Like I oh. knew of... Um, jacob sheffield who worked there okay um he was became really well known in the tattoo industry and so i knew that's where he had come from and then uh, josh kind of confirmed he was like you know oh yeah we just had jacob here and you know uh so we have a spot available and so somehow i found a post that he had made about you know we have a booth available and i checked out his work josh's and um it was right in line with like realism and what I was trying to... He's color realism, yeah. but still, like... Yeah. I could just tell from his work that he had that same end goal that I would have just in color versus black and gray. Yeah, yeah. Um And he's real dope, too. For yeah, sure. exactly. And yeah. He's, yeah. Only, he's only a couple years older than me, but he's been tattooing, like, twice as long. Like, he started when he was 19 or something. Oh, okay. So, um I reached out to him. I actually had a job... Uh, Not a job. Like, I had a a spot lined up at this shop in Columbus, Ohio. And I had even verbally told the guy, like, yeah, sounds good. You know, everything, all the numbers add up, everything's cool. Um, And then it was like this two week process of really difficult to find anywhere to live in Columbus. Like, we couldn't get because we're not in the state. Yeah. So, getting these rental places to call us back or, you know, it was just a, it just drug on and it was, by that time Josh called me cuz I sent the thing to him with my email and my my portfolio yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it took him a couple of weeks to even get back with me, but luckily I didn't sign any leases or anything in Ohio. Right, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> it just took so long. So when he reached out and he told me, you know, all the all the basics and what the setup was here and all that stuff and and I was like, "Dude, that's definitely where I want to go." So, luckily, I had only really verbally committed. So, I called the other guy and said, hey, look, you know, I kind of changed the plans. I'm going to be going to Michigan. And then, uh, yeah, and then I just came up here with way less money in my pocket than I thought I had. Uh, Like, you know, I had this idea that the money I was coming with would last X amount. And then I just didn't factor all this other stuff. So, it was a bit stressful in the beginning, like the first, I don't know, three or four months. And then... Started to, like, get known around here a little bit and start making close to the money I was making in Georgia. And then COVID hit and shut us down for four months. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, and it was, like, it was funny because I let, one of the biggest things career-wise of why I left uh, Georgia was because I hated it. I hated some external factor affecting my tattoo career as far as having to take time off, like, the Hurricanes. And then I came up here and we're shut down for four months. Yeah. So, um, but once we came back from that, I mean, everything's been great. Everything's like, some people, you know, there was a bit of people who things happened with their job because of COVID that, you know, they had to postpone appointments and stuff like that. But at this point, it's, that kind of all seems to be done. Like, I don't, I don't have many people, you know, not being able to finish projects because of. Covid related job money stuff. issues and yeah. stuff like that, so um so that's a good sign, but, yeah, so I had never when I moved up here, I'd never even set foot in Michigan. I didn't know anybody here, I didn't have any friends or family. My wife lived in i say Flint, but she says that's wrong, but <laughs> when she was real little, oh okay. uh, she lived here for maybe a year or something as a toddler, but other than that, no connection or anything like that um. So but it's been great, man. Like I the winters haven't been too bad. I've only been yeah. here for two winters. People tell me they get worse, but yeah. So far it's not too bad.
0: Yeah. It's it's hit or miss, but you know, if you can get used to that and you can tough it out, it makes your soul tough. And shovel driveway and shit. Yeah, yeah. I'll
1: I'll trade that like any yeah. day for
0: fucking hurricanes. For hurricanes and <laughs> bugs and just shit. like yeah.
1: my God. When yeah. I talk to people now and and I'm like telling them about hey, look You know, my front porch in Savannah, it would be like a whole ecosystem. Like, just the whole porch is just spiders, frogs, moths, mosquitoes. Like, you literally get in this habit of opening your front door and then closing it right behind you real quick because you're like, something's gonna get in. I've been here a year and a half. I've seen like two spiders. Yeah. I've been bit by like one mosquito, maybe. I'm like, I tell people from home all the time, I'm like, i wouldn't go back there for you <laughs>
0: that's awesome all right man so uh we've talked for a while and i really appreciate your time you know um so what i want to know kind of what i know you said you don't make big plans i see where i'm at in five years this or whatever but kind of what's next for you garrett like what, um so what, um, what, what's your plans man if if you can lay any out i know we talked a little bit before the show but yeah you know i don't know if you can lay any plans out but what's next for you and what are your some goals for yourself if you want to um you
1: know. so i always want to just keep getting better um i do when the opportunity comes up i want to do more seminars and and continue learning um I'm working on opening a shop right now of my own. Uh it's still in the early stages like I've got a meeting with the city and everything to get the permission for the spot, but um if everything goes well it should be like July, August this year. Um hopefully there's no delays or anything and everything works out with the space that I'm trying to rent, but um so that's been taking a lot of my time and mental energy and I've never owned a business before. I've, I've always I've worked at you know seven or eight shops, but I've always just worked at someone else's shop. So um, there's a whole another aspect of owning a business and yeah. doing all that. So just trying to do my research and make sure I'm prepared for that, and got all my IRS stuff in order and all that. So opening a shop is definitely uh, a big part of what I have going on in the future.
0: Um, Any uh, tentative name for that? Or are you even thought uh, that far down the road? Ink Haven oh okay. so it'll be in grand haven oh, so okay. in a way cool. it's
1: kind of a a play on grand haven okay. haven but then also haven being like the safe place like a um just sort of it works like a double meaning kind of yeah. thing so awesome. um and i already bought the website so i can't change it <laughs> so uh, that's a good reason too. um uh so that'll be that'll be fun i'm looking forward to that um and then just seeing more of michigan you know like yeah. it's I know that's not career related, but, you know, pretty much as soon as I got here, COVID happened. So a lot of the the things I want to do, I, we still haven't been to UP. I want to go up there I want I haven't been to Detroit. I haven't even Chicago, that's Illinois, but still yeah. just figuring out, like seeing the things that are to see around here and then kind of branch out from there and do more traveling and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, that's super dope. Um two things I want to touch on real quick uh that I was backtracking a little bit. There's no structure to what it, it, my conversation. So right. um you know when you're having a client, I bet I bet that's nice for you the way you can kind of pick and choose them. But I bet at the beginning or other things you've seen, especially in some of the other shops you worked in, mm-hmm. probably some of the clients been painted ass. They want a fucking dragon that's doing a backflip over <laughs> a rainbow, riding a tricycle with right. a fucking bear and all their family's names in the claws, and you know right. what I mean, like that type of shit's got to be a headache. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny like you deal with it for
1: so long that when you finally work yourself into a position where you don't have to deal with it 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 almost makes you look back and go like how did i deal with that right. like yeah <laughs> like cuz now it's nothing to you know if somebody it is not even not, not even that crazy like even if somebody just wants a dragon like there's a lot of time like a dragon isn't a real thing so there is no photos of it yeah so just something as simple as somebody thinking well hey he did this this tattoo or this lion or this whatever, I'm sure you could do a dragon. Reach out to me about a dragon. And I have to explain to him, like it's unless I can find a really good, almost photorealistic reference of one, it's not something I would do because then I'm getting into guessing how to make it realistic. Mm, Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Just falling back on my artistic knowledge of like, well, if this is where the light's coming from, this is where the shadow would be. And again, it's one of those things that I'm sure if I did it, the client would love it. But for me, it would just be like, I know that's not photorealistic, right? You yeah, know? that makes so, sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people with, you know, they'll they'll take a great idea, like I've had in the past. Somebody's appointment with a they want a rose on their forearm. Oh, I love your black and gray realism. I want to do a rose. Cool. Deposit set up show up at the appointment and they're like, Oh, but I also want the STEM to turn into like five names. And you're like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, that's not in the wheelhouse. That's not what we talked about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's, yeah, that's pro-
0: f- I'm sure that fucks up realism real quick too when you start adding exactly. text and weird shit. And that's like the that, you know?
1: that's the thing where and I don't know if you deal with this because of working with artists who've worked with other producers or something, but there's a lot of there's a big part of the tattoo industry Probably like 70 to 80% of it, just the way shops are ran and the way artists are, where that's not crazy. Like, right. most shops, you walk in and they go, oh, okay. Like, yeah. sure. Am I still making that same money? Okay. But when you start putting your own parameters on like the art part of it, sometimes it rubs people the wrong way where they'll think, "Uh, you know, oh, he thinks he's too good for doing names or something like that. Yeah, and right. it's that's not where it's coming from. Yeah. I understand, like sometimes people being like, "Well, I don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't do it." Right. And I, I, but I'll explain that in the email yeah. and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, that's probably the biggest people showing up and wanting to change something on the spot, and then people you sending the design. A lot of artists don't send the design at all, and I didn't for a long time because of what I'm about to say. But the thing that'll happen is you'll send the design; they'll love it. But in the week that they have it, they show everybody they know. And then everybody they know has a opinion on like, oh, what if he what if he did the like a flame coming from here? And then by the time they show up to the appointment, they're like, I love it. But I have these six ideas that <laughs> I want to try to do to it. But so for a while, I didn't even send them ahead of time because of that. But then you get into people showing up. Hey, this is what it is. And if they don't love it, a lot of times the appointment just doesn't happen. Yeah and so i was like okay now i'll send it but i'll let them know like in my process like what i send you is 95% how it's going to be if there's something small that bothers you about it or something we can change that but you know it, i don't care what your grandma or your brother or your sister or your husband yeah. thinks about this like this this part is my art yeah, so just being sense. like like respectfully upfront about that and 90% of the time, people are like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Every once in a while, you'll get somebody that's like, well, oh, I don't understand. I got a tattoo from such and such last year, and they did it. Yeah. Okay.
0: You're like, <laughs> you're, yeah, it's a different beast, a different yeah. monster. And the other thing I wanted to touch on is, like, I felt like, uh, you know, you coming up here, you, you did it right, though, you know, when you came up here. And then, like, it was weird because, like I said, somehow you and I connected, and we kind of had, a, you know, social media relationship. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I see, like, I mean, then my wife gets a tattoo from you, uh, and her friend did, and then, like, obviously, then I know Housley, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, we all know all the same people, and I see other people, like, commenting on your shit that are, like, my friends, and I'm like, I didn't even know they were friends. That's kind of wild, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of cool how you did that and just kind of networked your way through people and now it seems like we all kind of know the same people like you've always exactly. been here for a while so uh, you, fucking kudos to you on doing it right and getting your name out there and, you know good art speaks for itself so when right. somebody sees your work and sees what you've done of course they're gonna be like holy shit because i know for the longest time i got some tattoos and they're not great and they were done by my buddy and at the time i thought they were great and then i seen some of the shit that people can really do and i'm like oh fuck i need to get my Tattoos fixed or something because it's just not even close to the part of what I had in my mind, right? You know, so seeing your tattoos, I'm like, holy shit. And I like to share a lot of your stuff because it's just like there's not many people I'd want after having that experience to lay a needle on me, you know, you would be one of them, Uh, Tardani. Uh, mm-hmm. would be one of them. And Lauren would be one of them. All the people that work at that shop, like right. them were the only, and like I do, I will say uh, that uh, Ryan Sores, you know, yeah, who us, he, he he's fucking pretty damn good too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I just, as far as like the caliber of Muskegon tattoos, I've seen a lot of, fucking fair things out right, there right yeah <laughs> like there's... i don't want to de-edify anybody because no, no. it's all art but at the same time i think some of them get caught up in the flash world and the fucking making mm-hmm. a paycheck world and whereas you approach it more as an artist and i i respect that and hold that to the highest regard you know right there's a lot of people that i've worked with over the years that are
1: more interested in like playing the role of a tattoo artist mm-hmm. than than really putting that time and effort into their career like it's you get to a certain level. Oh, get complacent. Let's start dressing and acting like a tattoo artist and telling yeah. everyone who will listen tattoos on my yeah, face yeah. and shit. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm actually in the middle of, I've been going back and forth for years about getting something on my neck. And, uh, and I just told my wife that, uh, I'm probably going to end up doing it, but it's still hesitant, even though this is clearly like what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, that I'm, probably not going to have to worry about a job in the future kind of mm. thing but um but yeah it's i just want i always want to be around people who are more about fuck the image and, and the status and all that stuff it's just like how how good are you doing this yeah. like how good is your craft or whatever yeah um but yeah there's Ryan's really good Adam Beatty. um uh, he's Oh opening, Adam's there
0: too though isn't he He's opening his own shop actually okay uh i don't um it's I know Adam from the days of playing music because he used to play music or come to shows and shit. So yeah, we know some of the same people and shit. Yeah. yeah,
1: we were just talking about today. He's opening a shop in North Muskegon, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he's a really good artist. There's, there's, a, there's a, a few good artists around here. But then there's just like any city, there's a lot of where it just it shows that how seriously they take yeah. it. And, yeah. And and there's a, honestly like it's not even to disparage. Like there's a place for that. Like there's. Yeah. as as like elitist as you want to be or whatever there's a place for somebody that wants to just get a $50 initial on their wrist or whatever and to do that like sometimes when I turn those tattoos down I explain to people like it's not it's never that I'm like I'm too good for that or whatever it's just like you don't need me to do that you know yeah anybody can do that yeah um just look at portfolios and whatever but you don't have to wait three or four months to get two initials on your wrist. Yeah. You know, you can you can get it somewhere else and it'd probably be less expensive than I would be too. And that day probably. Exactly right. You know. And um that's another thing that going back to what you were saying that I, I try to explain to people is the like when you're paying my rate or whatever, you're not just paying for like how well I can replicate this thing on your skin. It's also the ten years of experience, the the like me knowing what will work and what won't you're not getting an artist who's still trying to figure out like oh that'll probably work and then well it didn't really didn't look like I thought it would or yeah you know it's it's 10 years of like figuring out the best way to go about this and and that's the another thing is kind of what you were saying about you know you had work done and then but once you saw what tattoos could be it was a whole different thing and a lot of people that still come to me or still come to whoever, Josh, Lauren, <clears throat> there's a, there's almost like a cap in their mind when they come up with their own idea of like how cool this could really be. And oh, so they just, yeah. it's limited by their own imagination. Right. So when they come to one of us and we say, oh, cool, we could take that and expand on it and do this and this and this and this, 90% of the time people are like, Oh my god, like that's way better than what I thought. Mm. Like here's what I sent you. I booked the deposit. Here's what you sent me. Holy crap. Like right. It's not even close. I sent you some silhouettes of a wolf and like some stick trees and then you put this together. I I wouldn't have even thought that my idea could look like that. Right. So and that's that's like an important part of it because a lot of people will work with artists that You know, we hear third party all the time, like, oh, I went to such and such artist Mm. and this happened. Mm -hmm. And a lot of artists out there are treating things like, you tell me exactly what you want. I'm not going to, like, do anything creative. I just, you send me the images, meet me here at four o'clock and I'll just do it. You know, so people have this misconception that they have to, like, come to an artist with their own design. How many people reach out to me and say... I love your work, I wanna get a tattoo, but I gotta find somebody to design it. Right. <laughs> I'm like emailing them like that's my job. Right. That's part of what you're paying for. That's yeah. part of the process. So
0: No, I feel that hundred percent. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, you just make a beat in this X amount of time. Why do you charge this much for it? Or why don't you sell me an exclusive beat for this much or whatever? And it's like, Man, it's because I've been making beats for ten years and I have twenty thousand dollars worth of fucking programs and equipment right. sitting in my studio. Yeah. It's not just the two hours it took me to make the beat and right. the quick artwork and to upload to YouTube and my time and shit. I've been working on this shit for a while, you that's, know? That's you're paying the... for the experience and all of the knowledge oh. and know-how and my fucking frustration bouncing my head against the wall because I couldn't figure something out. Now you think it's cool and I, I appreciate that all the way. Right. But for people to undermine and not want to pay your fee or your hour or, right. you know, just think, oh fucking it's easy and free to, free to him why should it cost me money or why should I pay that much I I totally um, understand where you're coming from with that
1: yeah you know? Un- undercutting like artists is one of the things that gets under my skin where it's, and it's not just because it affects me directly it's also like like undercutting artists or not giving artists that freedom for me like it gets under my skin to where like the guy that I did the seminar with If I was going to go actually get a tattoo from him, I would email him a picture of whatever and say, I don't care. Like, do whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, because that's what I want. So it's like, I don't care what your rate is. Like, I'm going to pay it. I'm going to tip you on top of that. And literally, like, if there's anything you've been wanting to try that even maybe you are kind of like, I don't know if it'll work, knock yourself out. Like, Like, I would never go to somebody and be like, I want exactly this, and I want it turning into this, and I want it, you know, because of my experience as being on this side of it, and it's not just tattooing, anything. Like, even when I get my hair cut, I'm like, whatever you think looks good, I don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah. Any, anything where the person doing it has their experience and their artistic ability could make it better, or is involved in any way, I always say, like, I trust you. Yeah. Like, I don't do this for a living, you do. Right. So... I'm going to pay you, I'm going to tip you, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I know what it's like to be, like, marginalized or to feel like you can do this, but everyone's trying to, like, well, I want you to do it exactly like this, you know? So, um, and yeah, just undercutting people. Like, that's, I'm really good about replying to everybody through email, even if I'm turning it down, or even if I'm saying this isn't an idea that I think I could really work with. The only people that I never write back is people who they write back and they say, well, I, how much? That, that's a little steep. How about, can we do something for this much? I'll just leave
0: it. Yeah, like, I'm like, I'm, yeah, like I don't this ain't a yarn <laughs> yeah. sale. I don't fucking negotiate. Right, right. Exactly, I have exactly. my price. If you can't pay it, then I, we, have, we don't have budget right. tattooing shit going on. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I totally get but that. But it's not
1: a crazy expectation because of the way that a lot of shops are. Right. Like yeah. there are shops out there that are tap out sessions for five hundred dollars or you know three hours of tattooing for a hundred bucks or it's like there are places that do deals and specials and and yeah. so it's not crazy to think that people have an experience like that but it's just not doesn't work for yeah, me you know it just, just rose me that. the wrong yeah. way to where it's like you know it just doesn't respect the the time
0: and effort that's been put in yeah that makes sense and that and that's a thing like even like some people will hit me up and it's like can you make a beat specifically like this or whatever and i'm like do you have an example well it's kind of like this and kind of like that and it's like well that's a tough fucking thing to do like can you just listen to what i do and if you like it can we fucking rock you know you want all these really specific things and it's always hard to meet that expectation because they have something in their mind and it's always hard for you to translate that into exactly what the fuck they want in their mind because sometimes they don't even know in their mind they say oh i want a little dirt type beat okay do you want the one where there's a bunch of guitar in it because he's got four beats like that right. and then he's got a beat with piano in it he's got a pop beat you know what i mean it's right. like you can't just generalize like that either you know so exactly. it's it's really hard to meet the that other person's expectations even though you want to right and, and say i'm good enough to do that but like what you have in your mind you know and i don't you know
1: one thing i've done a so. few
0: times uh, already and
1: i have ideas of maybe expanding it in the future but like putting together pieces completely like without a client involved almost like like there's on my facebook i have a thing that's like available designs and it's like it started from me putting a piece together that the person the 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 lady just wasn't feeling it overall yeah. and so she, no hard feelings whatever but i just posted it as like hey i have this available So it's this completely fully fleshed out design and somebody just goes, hey, I want that. And I ended up booking a couple of them like that. So it kind of opened my eyes to like gearing things towards I just create pieces and put them for sale, for sale, you know, as available. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, if you like it, pick it. Yeah. If not, don't or whatever. But almost... Going to where trying to shift the the paradigm of like every tattoo being based on a client's input versus me just being able to sit down and create something that I think would look great as a tattoo, regardless of meaning or just visually. And then if it speaks to somebody, they can reach out and book it. Um and that way almost immediately there's no back and forth. It's yeah. literally just like that's what you I picked want, it, yeah. you yep. saw the deposit. I'll see you in July or whatever. Yeah. Like it's already, yeah. I don't have to any, there's no collaboration about it. Yeah. So there's a a certain draw to that because of it being able to just be my creative, like almost if I was like a painter Yeah. and then, you know, nobody was going to Picasso saying like, Hey, I want this, but can you make the eyes yeah. a little bit, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. like not that I'm yeah. Picasso, but. Right. Like, I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, saying. just, yeah. um, you know, if there was an oil painter that I really loved and I wanted a piece of his for my fireplace. Yeah. I wouldn't go to him and say like I want a little barn on a hill and yeah. I would say just make me a piece, you know yeah. like I love or the Starry Night
0: thing you got yeah. going on here, but what yeah. would it be cooler if there was, like, a few clouds or something there? <laughs>
1: we put like, six I know names in yeah. the next,
0: <laughs> and the coordinates where I got married next to that building. Yeah, my hamster died when I was in 10th <laughs> yeah. grade, and I really want the name right, right in the Starry Night. by edge. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. <laughs> so we got a, a shop hopefully opening in July, man, Ink Haven. That sounds dope, man. I fucking... Uh, I think you deserve all the success man and and being able to talk to you and sit down and meet you has been been a fucking great time. Thank you for your time today same same for me man uh and before we go, uh give all your social medias and all your information or anything else that you wanna say while you're on here man you know any any plugs, um, any shout outs anything like Now's your time, man. If not, just tell us what your social media is, yeah. Where right. to find you, and how how they could book an appointment if they're interested in your tattoos or even see your work for that matter.
1: Right, right. Um, so my website is uh, garrettgoshtattoos dot com, um, spelled no spaces or anything, just like my name garrettgoshtattoos dot com. Uh, it's the same thing on Instagram at uh, garrettgoshtattoos. Uh, I don't have Twitter or YouTube or anything. Um, uh, I'm on the entities page as well. Some of my work is on there. Um, And my personal. I have a Facebook business page, but man, it's so... For some reason, the difference between the personal and the business, the way Facebook does it, it's so hard. Like, it's so janky dealing with the Facebook business page. Yeah.
0: Because they shut you the fuck down because they want you to pay for people to see this.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's... uh, Yeah. Like, I'll do it. I'll post something on my personal and it'll get 150 likes and whatever and 40 comments. And then my... My business one, same tattoo, same time, same everything, 15, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yep, because so, they want you to
0: pay to play, my brother. Yeah, yeah. so, um, but yeah,
1: um, so my my Instagram website, um, entities page, and then I'll be in, as the shop process goes on for opening, I'll be making, like, announcements to, you know, update people on that, and um, as far as booking an appointment, right now I'm booking for July, uh, like july and august so probably the appointments that i'm booking now at some point they will start being done at the shop that i open so okay um i may have already booked up the rest of my time at entity but um you know grand haven's not too far away yeah, So no not
0: at all so all right man uh congratulations on all that i'm glad you came to michigan and uh found your way and and felt like you've made some progress so that's awesome to hear too so, with that being said, everyone, make sure you check out the homie Garrett Gosh. Uh, check him out, man. His work is amazing. If maybe I'll get a couple pieces from you or something, I can flash them on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm I trying to make it more streamlined with just one camera so I can try to do more of these, especially with my limited time now that I have. So, but if you send me a couple things, even like that Housley piece or something, I can always mm-hmm. flash it when we're talking about it on there or whatever. So, oh, yeah. Um, Thank you guys so much for checking this podcast out. Obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can always listen to the audio on all streaming platforms. I'm going to try to have this thing out within the next week. So you can kind of look for that. I'll send you some clips and shit too. like So you can, um, because I like to take little pieces out of it. So with that being said, much love to you guys. Thanks for tuning in and uh, peace.